the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. New choices, new platforms, new care models. In the healthcare of tomorrow, consumers win. But who will design it? What will it look like? And how long will it take? We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking about building the healthcare of tomorrow. We have something special coming up. Our 200th episode is right around the corner. Just two more episodes to go. If you're just now joining us, we hope you'll subscribe and check out our previous episodes. A great starting point is the start of our current season, season six, where we've been focusing on how to operationalize and scale consumer first healthcare. Season six starts at episode number 170. Again, that's episode number 170. If you haven't yet, we hope you'll check it out. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about how people with the means are going to keep taking healthcare into their own hands rather than wait for someone else to do it. Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drug Company just opened its online pharmacy. So what do we need to know about its plan to disrupt high cost medications? I'll talk about that. Then Sarah Coles from Persado is in the house for the second of a three-episode series about how words can transform healthcare. The more we talk about understanding, engaging, and designing for consumers, the more we should realize that words are powerful. Sarah will share some provocative thinking about how we can look to retailers to understand how they use journey-based content to create relationships. Then we'll dive deep into the investments that are needed to create those relationships as we head into this new unknown era of healthcare. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. of the week. If we're not going to take matters into our own hands, someone else will. The latest to offer an alternative to the traditional healthcare consumer model is none other than the King Shark himself, Mark Cuban. The Dallas Observer reported on January 20th that Cuban's Cost Plus Drug Company has launched its online pharmacy to provide cheaper medicine. The article says that the company's focus is to help shield people from inflated drug prices and that it offers a hundred different generic drugs, ranging from cancer medication to mental health medicine. I'm quoting from the article now, and it says, About 18 million people in the U.S. were unable to pay for at least 1% prescription medication for their household, according to a September 2021 Gallup poll. Additionally, some 10% of Americans have skipped doses of medication to save money. The Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company and its online pharmacy are trying to make medication more affordable and put a dent in those numbers. Toward that goal, the company is set to complete construction on its own pharmaceutical factory in Dallas by the end of the year. The retail price for a drug like imatinib, which treats leukemia, runs upward of $9,500 per month, according to a press release from the new company. The lowest price you might pay with a common voucher is $120 a month, but Cuban's company says it brings that down to $47. This headline didn't just grab my attention because it was a billionaire doing something besides affecting the valuation of an obscure cryptocurrency. It also caught my attention because it says something significant. It says that people with the means are going to keep taking healthcare into their own hands rather than wait for someone else to do it. So now, in other words, healthcare organizations aren't just competing with other hospitals. They aren't just competing with national payviders. 
They aren't just competing with big tech, disruptive care models, and the middle children. Now, now they're also competing with billionaires. And billionaires who know how to solve problems that other people aren't willing or able to solve. Get ready, people. Every new disruptive footstep brings us closer to consumer-first healthcare. And I, for one, applaud this step. What makes healthcare great? Helping consumers live healthier lives, physically and financially. It's going to take a design-oriented, consumer-first approach and a crazy sense of urgency to bypass all the blocks and traps of the existing hospital-centric model. But we're going to get there. We're not going back. We shouldn't go back. We have to take matters into our own hands for the good of consumers. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. Okay, let's get into the flow here. We've got Sarah Coles in the house. Sarah's the VP of Healthcare Strategy at Persado. We're so excited to have this conversation. Sarah's going to help us have some provocative thinking, some opportunities to really uh, get into the weeds of, of understanding better why words matter. Why is it so important to get the wording right in our content? We're going to dive deep into some really cool areas, including journey-based content, what that means and why it's important. But first and foremost, welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, Sarah. Thanks, Jared. Really excited to be here. So what did I miss in your bio? What, what should our listeners know about you? I've uh, been working in the communication slash healthcare marketing space for about over 15 years. I actually started my career in the agency world and went over to work with a CRM startup for healthcare organizations where I got to work with pretty much dozens of medical groups across the country, various sizes. My role there was to help them jumpstart their ability to reach patients through CRM by running highly targeted personalized marketing campaigns with marketing automation tools. And um, it was really interesting to me because I got to kind of see the sort of opportunities for healthcare organizations to engage with patients slash consumers where they really hadn't been doing so. And so when I joined Persado, it was really exciting for me to be able to bring to life the opportunities for healthcare organizations and medical groups to reach patients and consumers through outcomes-driven campaigns by using the right content the right words and really help them jumpstart the tools that they are already using, whether it's CRM, marketing automation, et cetera, and reach people in a really engaging, personalized way. That's awesome. It made me think of a kind of a career related question because you mentioned that there, as you've had a chance to get familiar with certain tools, you've seen an opportunity for healthcare organizations to do things better. Mm-hmm. What what guides you in your career, if you don't mind me going here for a moment? I, I just, I'm really curious about this. What helps you make a decision about the right organization to work for? Well, I think that honestly, there's a lot of organizations in the healthcare space that have the sort of need and are looking for answers on how to reach people 
people more effectively. So in a lot of ways, healthcare organizations or medical groups, smaller medical groups think that the retail health giants have it all figured out, right? And that's not entirely true either. So I think when it comes to to clients, we're working across the board. We're talking to retail health customers. We're talking to regional medical groups. We're talking to some of the larger medical groups. So we really work with a variety of customers in all sizes. I think the general theme is that when it comes to reaching patients as consumers, there's still a lot of questions. There's still a lot of, you know, sort of data that hasn't been realized. There's still a lot of sort of opportunity to figure out what is the best way to, you know, help that person take the action that they need to improve their health. So I think we're all kind of, I wouldn't say figuring it out as we go, but we're all learning from each other and, you know, finding the right opportunities to, to better serve people and meet their healthcare needs. Oh, I love that. So it sounds like if I understood that right, you know, there's, there's some components there that it's important for us to think about with just finding the right types of organizations that we are working with and always being able to kind of come up for air a little bit and mm-hmm. recognize that there there's a purpose, there's an opportunity. You use that word opportunity several times. And I love that. Just the thought of like, that can be part of how you decide what's a good organization for you. Because I know there's a lot of people, and this is the reason I ask, I know there's a lot of people on the move right now. There are a lot of people who are asking themselves how do I figure out the right place for me? I've had this, you know, awakening or just I've had chance to think and to slow down and, and ponder my own career. And so I know a lot of people are, are having that conversation right now. So I appreciate you going there for a moment with me. Where we want to really dive into is this whole thought of what you were just talking about, engagement and really what that means. It's funny when when I used to work for some medical device companies, engagement meant something very different. <laughs> it, it really mm-hmm. meant medically that the device was being used correctly and that the provider explained to the patient how the device worked. And engagement means something very differently uh, pretty much ever, ever since I've uh, I've not been in that side of healthcare. I want to have been more uh, hospital and consumer focused. And it's really interesting because I think that word, while it's over, while it's it's used a lot, but we still aren't doing it well enough, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is the wording itself. And if we're focused on one piece you just mentioned, which is outreach to consumers and patients, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity there. You are, you even mentioned the, the opportunity to help people be healthier by doing our outreach correctly. There's kind of a dual purpose. There's help people be healthier. And then there's also grow the business and mm-hmm. outreach does both. So the interesting thing is, it's not as easy as it sounds. We've gotten to the point as an industry, it feels like, where we finally say, okay, all we have to do is outreach at that point. And that's really like the starting point, not the ending point of engagement. What about that The concept? Like, what about engagement is important for us to remember right off the bat? Well, I think it's interesting because healthcare, at least what I've observed through my days at the agency and working at CRM, healthcare, the healthcare industry is really focused on patient acquisition when it comes to marketing. So there's a huge push to bring in leads through, you know, direct mail, digital advertising, et cetera. But when it comes to reaching out to their, you know, what I'll call the their their base population doesn't seem to be quite the same amount of sort of effort put behind it. And it's interesting because we all know that 
you know, it costs something like five times as much to acquire a new customer than to retain them. But very few healthcare systems are really putting any kind of meaningful marketing outreach to their base patient population. And when you think about it, this is the, these are the people that, you know, they really want to engage, I'll use that word again, to drive better health, one, to drive better health outcomes so that their patients stay healthier and are doing the things they need to do. They're coming in for their annual screenings, their annual wellness visits, their annual physicals, like all of the things that kind of are the upkeep and maintenance. And then when we think about sort of the growth drivers, those big specialty services, these are also sort of a a huge opportunity to drive leads across the the current base population. So I think, you know, when we're thinking about outreach and, and even content, the content that, you know, traditionally has been produced across marketing teams has been more advertising focused and even more, I'll call it like brand awareness focused. But what I think would be a really valuable shift is looking at content from a more outcome driving perspective. So, you know, how can we engage patients and consumers to better be involved in their health, to better understand what they need to do to not only improve their health, but just maintain their health? And then what kinds of topics can we offer them that they may be interested in or or find valuable so that we can continue to talk to them about what's meaningful for them. And I think about this as kind of like, you know, interest group categorization. Like if I'm engaging with other brands, so to speak, and and I, I get a lot of emails every day, as I'm sure we all do from pretty much every, <laughs> every brand, every company that I've ever done business with, my email is just flooded with, with stuff daily, but they know that, you know, I'm likely to click on something or I'm likely to respond to a certain type of email or act upon a certain offer because they have a lot of data on me and they're using it. And I think if we think about healthcare engagement in the same way, you know, it's not going to be the same kind of like sale offer, but it could be something along the lines of of a, a newsletter. And a lot of healthcare organizations put out monthly newsletters. What I've seen is that often they're very focused on kind of just, you know, general information or, you know, local events or things like that. But this is a real opportunity to provide content to people that one is, like I said, outcomes driven. So really focused on what that person might need to do to better manage their health. And then to gather data around what people are clicking on and use that as an opportunity to almost retarget them with information about services that may be relevant to them. So if I receive a, a newsletter about you know heart health information or, or heart-friendly tips or things like that, and I'm clicking on all of those heart-friendly articles, maybe I'm somebody who could benefit from cardiology services. And that's an opportunity to send me information about the cardiology specialist so that I know that this, this is available to me, or maybe it's somebody you know within my family network. 
and I can act upon that, I'm going to say offer. So it's kind of a different way of thinking whereby, you know, we're not just sending out information and content for content's sake, but really how can we use that content in a meaningful way to drive outcomes and to elicit actions from those who are receiving it. Yeah. So that's kind of that concept of journey-based content. It sounds like what, what you're describing there, the science and the art together mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. doing that in a way that works. And I'm glad you brought in the, the retail example because you're right. We each get emails every day from every retailer we've ever bought online from. Mm-hmm. And it shows us that they have figured a few things out that they are all, I would guess every retailer that is emailing me is testing wording and testing what is the most likely to elicit a response from me. Talk to me about the importance of getting the wording right in our content. What difference does that make? I mean, it sounds like it's okay. Of course, all we do is email people. And that's the Mm -hmm. point where a lot of people get to in the process and don't realize that really is just the beginning of the work because the ever it seems like all the power is in getting that wording right. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because um, Prasado is basically founded on the concept of uh, the fact that words do matter. We find that even tweaking one or two words can make can create a significant difference in the you know open rates, click rates, conversion rates of of an email or or SMS or otherwise. So it really does make a difference, not only to just broader populations, but also segmented populations too. So the words that are used on myself may drive a different action versus the words that you get. So it's really important to kind of look at it across segmented populations as well. And I think that it's one of those things where marketing teams are really busy. You know, healthcare healthcare organizations are strapped for resources. Very often, you know, one, they just don't have time to produce a lot of content and two, they don't have a lot of time to test. And then I think the other thing, the other factor of this is we've talked about the fact that retail health clinics are also coming in as, as competitors. They have a ton of data on what words, what subject lines, what calls to action are most likely to to drive conversions and responses. So I think it can be overwhelming for healthcare marketers to think like, okay, I've got to write this email that's going to go out to the entire patient population. And I I maybe have time to A-B test it, but I don't really know exactly what I'm testing. And so the challenge that I think a lot of the industry is facing is just one, the lack of of this outcomes-driven content. And then two, what do I put in it? What is going to really maximize the opportunity? Because I don't want to be necessarily blasting emails to people all week long. I mean, even though we get it from (laughs) retailers, it's annoying. We want to really make sure that we're kind of getting the bang for our buck, so to speak. And the emails and, and SMS and everything that we send is really going to do the trick. So I do think that there's a real, I'm going to say opportunity again, to what data has been working, not only across the healthcare industry, but also just the broader retail industry and sort of look at the patients as consumers, because at the end of the day, that's what they are. 
if healthcare medical groups are going to compete with retail health clinics and, and the like, then in a lot of ways, they're going to have to think about the words that they use and, you know, who they're marketing to, because somebody in the millennial generation is probably going to react differently to words than somebody in baby boomer generation or, or otherwise. So starting to collect and understand that data is, is going to be really important to driving those outcomes-based campaigns. Stay tuned for more provocative thinking after the break. Healthcare marketers juggling lots to do. Gotta keep patients healthy. Coming back to you, knowing which words will lead more patients to act is not an easy feat, as a matter of fact. Competition heating up, new players on the rise. Persado has the right words already optimized. Just plug in the content, turn it on, and your campaign blues will soon be gone. Persado provides healthcare organizations with pre-developed, pre-optimized marketing messaging focused on improving health goals and business objectives. Persado's journey-based content uses the right words proven to drive conversions among the customers that matter most. Visit persado.com to learn more. That's persado, P-E-R-S-A-D-O.com. Healthcare is an industry where women make 80% of buying decisions and are 65% of the workforce. Yet women are notably underrepresented in industry leadership, making up approximately 30% of C-suite teams and just 13% of CEOs. The Hit Like a Girl podcast ensures that more women's voices from healthcare and health IT are heard in an effort to inform policy as well as to help more women advance within the industry. I'm the show's founder and host, Joy Rios, and I interview women leaders to amplify their work. New episodes are released weekly on Mondays and Thursdays, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Health Podcast Network, or wherever you tune in. To find out more, you can follow us on social media or go to hitlikeagirlpod.com. Consumer experiences, major disruptors in AI tech are shaping healthcare for years to come. We're data rich, but information poor. Data without decisions is just distraction. You have to show results. That's how you build trust. On Hello Healthcare, we dive deep on these issues with the leaders who are driving change. And we hope that these stories will help you to create or demand a better future within healthcare. Don't miss out. Follow Hello Healthcare. Okay, back to the flow. I think a majority of marketers would agree with the principle of journey-based content as you were just describing. Then they run into this reality of what you were just talking about, of looking at this data and trying to match that with, okay, wait, now how how exactly do I change the wording? How do I mm-hmm. give it what I think is the most likely way that's going to lead to uh, taking the call to action in that message and so forth? That's a big process. Uh, yeah. Any tips? Any tips for improving that process? Well, I mean, we do have solutions at Prosado that can help support this. We do develop journey-based content that is out of the box, ready to go, that is proven, data proven, based on, like I said, words and data points from industries across, you know, travel, retail, healthcare, 
banking, et cetera. So I think working with a partner who can help provide that kind, that level of data and insights is beneficial to kind of jumpstart the content development. The other thing they can do is, you know, A-B test, various words, subject lines. It's, it's important to be very specific about what words you are testing. And then also look at, you know, how do people across different segments react differently to it? But it is a, it's a big job, as you mentioned. And I think the other thing that just on a very simple level you can look at is how are retailers engaging with you? Look at your emails, look at what you're likely to open, kind of look at what the sort of general industry is is producing today and try to mirror some of that too. Because I do think not that, you know, healthcare is going to be completely the same in terms of the types of communications that are sent, but, you know, I think that, you know, the retailers are, are getting a little bit more playful, a little more risky and, you know, more creative with the way that they, you know, do use words in subject lines and email content. So depending on what a healthcare organization's brand guidelines will allow, I think taking some risks is also part of the process in terms of trying some new things and seeing what works. Yeah, you know what? I think this aligns with a couple of principles that we've been exploring a lot here on the podcast, but overall in just in the industry and the community that we've been building here. And if we're talking about how do we operationalize and scale consumer-first care overall, if that's the job to be done, there are three areas that I've seen just kind of emerge. It's funny, they might not sound like rocket science, but I'm telling you, like the devil's in the details. The first one is understanding consumers better. The second is engaging with consumers better. And the third is designing for consumers. And it's amazing how much room we still have to grow there. We still have a lot of opportunity. I feel like we're still in our infancy as an industry of doing those things. And the more you keep pointing to retail and you're pointing to banking, you're pointing to other industries, we have a lot to learn there. And the great thing is those other industries have laid it all out for us. They've given us yeah. this roadmap of how to do it. And it is in studying what they are doing. It's funny how we really can just look in our own inbox and for examples of other industries that are doing this right and have figured it out. So there are some ways we can kind of cheat codes, if you will, to, to understand how to do it right. If, if we look at those those first couple of principles, though, the maybe just even the first one, understanding consumers. You gave an example previously of, of understanding demographics or, or age information about how a baby boomer would react differently to a message than a millennial, most likely. How do we use the data that's at our fingertips about the people that we're trying to engage with to know their needs better? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. One, you can only do so much. I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot of things I think we we want to do. Like I said, I know and understand that marketing teams are resource strapped. So it's really important to prioritize sort of where you're going to begin and end with a campaign and a test. It's important to look first at your organization's business goals. What campaigns are the topmost priority that will map to those business goals? You know, are you going to focus on closing care gaps? Are you going to focus on service line growth? And if so, which ones, you know, is it physician productivity? There's just a kind of a lot of kind of competing goals. So really drilling down which ones you as a team should focus on is, is sort of the first step. And then it's, okay, so which campaigns am I going to run to help meet those goals? 
And then looking, sort of breaking it down from there, from those campaigns, who are the sort of key segments or target audiences within each campaign that I want to reach? And then how am I going to reach them differently? You know, what matters most to them and what sort of calls to action am I going to offer them as a way to start engaging them? Because for a millennial group, it may just be that I want them to sign up for an email and I want to make sure that they come in for their annual physical every year. So that's sort of where I'm going to focus with those versus, you know, the baby boomer audience, which I'm going to need to focus on Medicare Advantage and I'm going to need to focus on annual wellness visits and, you know, various screenings that come along for the 65 plus group. I think that you kind of need to break it down at a very granular level and then look at what do I want this person to do the most and then the content and the communication really needs to focus on those calls to action first and foremost so that you're not sending communications or or content just for content's sake it's really laddered up to a business goal and driving specific health outcomes you know i'm i'm encouraged to hear you say that you you kept referring to both both goals there there's two sides of this business goals grow the business do increase patients uh, patient acquisition and then there's mm-hmm the care side, helping people be healthier. And that's one side I just, I don't want to get lost in the shuffle. And it's, mm-hmm. it's funny how often we hear conversations about either one or the other. And that doesn't mean people aren't thinking about both, but the right type of engagement and outreach with the right type of content really does have the capacity more than almost anything else in my mind to accomplish both of those goals. And it's essential to think about it that way. I, I feel like it, it just sets us off for a, for a better chance of success when at the beginning of any digital strategy, any engagement strategy that we have both things in mind, because ultimately that shows through in your content. If it does make it clear that the wording is focused on them to help them get better. Like, like you were saying, an example of coming in for an annual wellness uh, appointment or a screening, then the wording there also has the capability to communicate where your values are, that you you ultimately want this person to, to be healthier. I would feel like like that's that's the right message to communicate. And so I'm glad you pointed that out. That, that, was, that was encouraging to me. Man, this has been a lot of fun <laughs> as we've gone through this. Uh, just good reminders for everyone to to understand it's worth the time. It's worth a little bit of the pain <laughs> involved mm-hmm. in improving this process and engaging in a different way and ultimately understanding how all these pieces are are part of the same puzzle of improving healthcare. And mm-hmm. as we kind of ladder all that up together, I, I would say that leads us to kind of one, one final place here, Sarah, which is if there's one message you'd want to share about how to create a more consumer first version of healthcare, what would that be? It's hard to drill it down to one, but I do think that the content that that you send really needs to be personalized in some way and resonate with the person who's receiving it. And I'm going to go back to newsletters again, because I do think that these, they're a huge opportunity to engage a, a mass amount of people, but it's also a huge opportunity to turn people off in some ways as well. And I, I'm going to an example that I've received, a newsletter that I received from a healthcare system. And the content in there was related to topics around men's health, 
there were topics around geriatric health and, mm-hmm. and I'm not 65 plus. There was something else in there. I think it, it was related to, to teenage vaccines. I kind of looked at this and I was like, there's nothing in here that I would ever want to read about as a person. So I feel like we have a lot of data. We should use it to the best we can to try and target people in a meaningful way, but also be cautious about putting things out there that are almost too specific when you don't know information about who's receiving them because it could end up turning people off. So content can work to your advantage, but it can also work to your disadvantage if it's done in a way that people feel that, oh, this is completely irrelevant to me. They'll start start to tune you out. And I think we've seen that in sort of, again, the retail examples where you're starting to get a lot of offers for things that just are completely irrelevant to you. You're going to unsubscribe and it's the same thing with healthcare. Content is a huge opportunity, but we need to do it in a way that sort of maximizes the value for those who are receiving it and giving them something that is meaningful to them and provides an opportunity for them to either learn more or do something that is beneficial to their health. Wow. So being as relevant as possible and considering the negative effects of doing it not so well. I love it. Uh, Sarah, before we go, what's what's the best way for listeners to reach out and connect with you? Yeah, they can reach me on LinkedIn and uh, they can also email me at sarah.coles at brasado.com. Fantastic, Sarah. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for giving us a few minutes and giving us so much to think about and so much value. Uh, stay safe, stay well, and, and best of luck in everything you've got going on. Thank you, Jared. Great to be here. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, do us a favor and follow us using your favorite podcast app. Then tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Healthcare App is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health Content Network. Go check out the latest show. In fact, it's called Hello Healthcare, hosted by Chris Hemphill. It's focused on people who are moving healthcare forward, how healthcare strategy relates to data and AI, and what you can do to create or demand a better future. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or at Shift.Health, where all 35 podcasts and video series are free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. Thank you.